This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Runoff elections for both Republicans and Democrats here in Alabama is only one day away. The state races to be determined involve Republicans who are running for the Secretary of State, that is between Wes Allen and Jim Ziegler, also the U.S. Senate race, that's between Katie Britt and Mo Brooks, and the state auditor position, which is between Andrew Sorrell and Stan Cook. The 5th Congressional District, which is now held by Mo Brooks, will also have a runoff race between Dale Strong and Casey Wardinsky. And place one for the Public Service Commission is between Jeremy Oden and Brent Woodall. Place two is between Chip Beaker and Robert McCollum. On the Democratic Party side, there's a runoff race between Yolanda Flowers and Malika Fortier in determining who will be the gubernatorial candidate who runs against Kay Ivey this coming November. It is illegal for a person to cross over and vote in the opposite party from what they voted in during the primary election that was held this past May. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville offers an amendment in the National Defense Authorization Act of 2023. That amendment would require the Department of Defense to study the use of uranium-233, which is otherwise known as thorium, as an energy source. Tuberville's Thorium Energy Security Act would stop the destruction of uranium-233 and instead seek to create clean energy from the use of it. Thorium can be used to break down nuclear waste create clean energy, and in some cases used to treat certain cancers. So far, the Department of Energy will spend hundreds of millions of dollars this coming August to destroy what uranium is now in the U.S. As part of an environmental cleanup campaign, Tuberville was interviewed by Newsweek in which he said the U.S. should be looking for ways to put the uranium to use for powering America with clean energy and new nuclear reactors. Tuberville says if the U.S. does not plan ahead in this area of sustainable energy, the nation will be surpassed by China and Russia. According to the Thorium Energy Alliance, there is enough of the substance in the U.S. right now to power the nation at its current energy level requirements for the next 1,000 years. Well, just before this weekend, Russian television confirmed that two Alabama men are alive, but they are being held captive by Russian forces. The U.S. military veterans Alex Druk and Andy Hun left the U.S. to fight with Ukraine's military forces after that country was invaded by Russia back in February. They were last seen near the city of Kharkiv. Mom, I just want to let you know that I'm alive and um, I hope to be back home as soon as I can be. The report from Russian Times Television confirmed that the two men are being held in the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine. A church in Vestavia Hills holds its first Sunday morning service after a tragic shooting days prior killed some of its oldest church members. St. Stephen's Episcopal Church was holding a potluck dinner last week when Robert Smith arrived there. He had visited the church before but was not a member. Smith then opened fire upon the parishioners and killed three people at that dinner. The fatalities were Bart Rainey, Sarah Yeager, and Jane Pounds. Smith is currently in police custody and being charged with capital murder. Reverend John Burris was on a missions trip to Greece but has now returned to Alabama. Burris delivered the sermon this past Sunday, encouraging the church members to continue in the testimony of the fallen three members by showing God's unconditional love, seeking to serve Christ, welcoming strangers, and serving their neighbors. The U.S. Space and Rocket Center gets its largest 
ever donation, Jared Isaacman attended the Aviation Challenge Camp back in 1995. He went on to create a small business as a 16-year-old teen and then since and since then has started Draken International, which is a firm that trains pilots for the US military. Isaacman was able to present the U.S. Space and Rocket Center with a $10 million gift to enhance the space camp and the Aviation Challenge program. This is the largest donation to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in its 53-year history. Isaacman credits his time at the camp for inspiring him to make inroads in the world of aviation. You can find more details on this story and more Alabama-related stories by going to 1819news.com. In national news... This past weekend was anything but quiet for one Supreme Court justice in particular. A group of female teenagers gathered around the home of Amy Coney Barrett to protest the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade when those rulings come out from this last session of the U.S. Supreme Court. The teen girls had fake red blood poured on their pant legs and held up baby dolls covered in fake blood as well, claiming that overturning Roe v. Wade was a form of enslavement for women. We are here at Justice Amy Coney Barrett's house today with our arms tied, with our mouths covered, holding dolls because this is what Amy's America looks like. Children will be forced to give birth to children. Women will be silenced. Women will be invalidated. Women will be told they are less than. Women will be told they are inferior. Meanwhile, the FBI is now looking into a list of over 50 attacks of vandalism on pro-life facilities and organizations. Those attacks have all occurred since the draft opinion was leaked out in early May that indicates five justices will vote to overturn Roe v. Wade and send the issue back to the states to be determined. The FBI confirmed with the Washington Times that they are looking into a series of attacks on Catholic churches, pregnancy resource centers, and faith-based organizations that are created to help women in crisis with an unwanted pregnancy. Just last week, a man was arrested by U.S. Marshals for seeking to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. The governor of South Dakota, Kristi Noem, is now declaring that her state is completely halted in performing abortions there. The New York Times even reported on this event in that state, noting that the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, performed its final abortion on Friday of last week. Nome signed legislation in early 2022 that would stop any access or sale of abortifacient drugs. She also signed a heartbeat bill. Nome says the state is now abortion-free and must focus on helping mothers in crisis. Governor Nome signaled her plans to make the state completely abortion-free at the state fair that was held in late 2021. That's when she spoke to KSFI News. And we are looking at the Texas law right now because I think it's phenomenal what we saw come out of the Supreme Court and would like to consider that. That's why I have my unborn child advocate now looking at it, examining it, seeing if it is something that we could do during session. Oklahoma is another state that has fully outlawed abortions. Other states are also preparing to enact laws once the U.S. Supreme Court releases its decision on the Dobbs versus Jackson health case out of Mississippi. The current U.S. Treasury Secretary is speaking out about predictions of a recession in the U.S. economy. Janet Yellen spoke on ABC News this past Sunday. I don't think a recession is at all, at all inevitable. Clearly, inflation is unacceptably high. It's President Biden's top priority to bring it down. We've had high inflation in the first half of this year. 
and um, that locks in high inflation really for the entire year. But I do expect in the months ahead that the pace of inflation um, is it's likely to come down. Although, remember, there are so many uncertainties um, relating to global developments. And um, we're united with our allies in certainly wanting to take the steps necessary to um, address, to, you know, to, to um, punish Russia for what it's doing in Ukraine. And there is some spillovers to us as well. And the former U.S. Treasury Secretary Larry Summers is now disagreeing with Yellen. Summer spoke on NBC News using other economic indicators and past precedents as his reasoning for why he thinks a recession is just around the corner. I don't think there are historical precedents for inflation at the rate we now have it coming down uh, to the target the Fed has set of 2% without a uh, recession. I think all the precedents point uh, towards a a recession, Chuck. If you look at a whole range of indicators, if you look at what's happened in markets, if you look at the relative levels of interest rates of different durations, if you look at surveys of consumer uh, expectations, and if you look at the simple fact that what drives inflation is supply and demand. Supply doesn't change that fast. And so mostly what you need to do to reduce inflation is reduce demand. And that is a very hard process to control. And so it usually leads to a recession. All of that tells me that while I wouldn't presume to be able to judge uh, the timing, Uh, the dominant probability would be that by the end of next year, uh, we would be seeing a recession in the American economy. Summer served as the U.S. Treasury Secretary from 1999 to 2001. A bar and grill that's based in New Orleans has won a lawsuit seeking damages from its insurance company for the COVID-19 shutdown and economic losses. Oceana Grill has sued Lloyd's of London for damages and they did so on the very day they were shut down. They say that the social distancing rules and then the shutdown forced them to ultimately close. The owners of Oceana Grill are one of the first to file an insurance coverage lawsuit as a result of COVID-19 lockdowns and orders. The appellate court reversed a lower court's ruling against the bar and grill. The appellate court determined that the insurance section on business interruption assistance was open to interpretation and that damages do not have to be obvious and observable. Now Lloyd's of London plans to appeal. Well, there's big developments in the world of water sports. The governing body of swimming competitions called FINA has voted to stop transgender athletes from crossing over into the opposite gender competitions if that athlete has already gone through the process of puberty and then decided to transition over to the opposite gender. Any transgender competitor must first complete that process by age 12 before they can enter female competitions. FINA is also going to establish an open category in their swimming competitions for those with gender identities that differ from their birth certificate. The vote just happened in Budapest over the weekend with 71% voting in favor of this new policy out of the 152 members. This latest development is going to change the landscape for one swimmer in particular, that is Will Thomas, who now goes by Leah Thomas, 
and has been swimming competitively as a full-grown man at Penn State University up until about two years ago. That's when Thomas transitioned and joined the women's team and walked away with a lot of medals and championship titles. Thomas has indicated a desire to also compete on the U.S. team in the Olympics as a transgender swimmer. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Remember, you can subscribe by going to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can send a link onto a friend so they can listen in as well. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 